Welcome to the Prophecy Club. We are going to change subjects today. We're going to listen to Michael Snyder. He made two DVDs with Prophecy Club here a while back, and they are excellent. Now, who's Michael Snyder? Well, he worked as an attorney on the famous K Street in Washington, D.C. He's been writing articles and books for over five years. He's written over 2,000 articles about the coming economic collapse and the end of the American dream. Now, I know you may be thinking, wait, 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 wait. thought Trump had fixed all that. Well, we want to believe that, but I think you're going to find what he has to say very interesting. His articles have been published and discussed on some of America's largest radio and television programs. He's written two books, The Beginning of the End and Get Prepared Now. The two DVDs we're offering today is Prepare for the Economic Collapse in World War II. Topics are the next generation, the credit crunch, civil unrest, Russian preparation for World War III, 20 signs Russia is preparing to fight and win a nuclear war. And the second DVD is the regathering of the 10 lost tribes of Israel. Every single son of Abraham and almost all Christians in mass will soon move to Israel. Israel will emerge World War III, the great victory, and get back all of her land. Massive amounts of oil will be discovered. All of this in the regathering of the ten lost tribes of Israel, which, if you get prepared for the economic collapse, a gift of $30, we're going to throw in the regathering of the ten lost tribes DVD free. Order, prepare for the economic collapse, and you get regathering of the ten lost tribes free. That's at Prophecy Club, but you can watch them immediately at watchprophecyclub.com. Order the DVD at prophecyclub.com. Watch them immediately at WatchProphecyClub.com. Now let's go on over and listen to Michael Snyder in Prepare for the Economic Collapse. Before you leave this place tonight or before you quit watching this DVD, you need to get sure. Invite the Lord Jesus Christ into your life. He will change your life. He will take the broken pieces of your life and turn them into a beautiful thing. And he will completely and fundamentally change everything about your future, about what's ahead for you, and you'll have the ultimate happy ending to look forward to, eternal life with God forever. Where else do I stand? I stand with Israel. Amen? Genesis twelve three. I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curseth thee. You notice there's an equation there. On one side of the equation, there is a curse. On the other side of the equation, there is a blessing. We see this throughout the Bible. I choose to be on the side of the equation where there is a blessing. I stand with the nation of Israel. Now, you find these kind of equations throughout the scriptures. Real quick, I'll give you a couple of others. In Deuteronomy chapter 28, the first 14 verses are one side of the equation. Verses 15 to 68 are the other side of the equation. And I'm here to tell you, Deuteronomy chapter 28 works. Look it up. Another one is Matthew chapter 5, verse 19. For many, many, many years, even after I was a Christian, I lived on one side of that equation. I repented. I got on the other side of the equation. I could go on for the next two hours for the change that that's made in my life. Matthew chapter 5, verse 19. Look it up. If you get right with God, it will completely transform your life. But I want to talk about the miracle of modern Israel for a second because I'm seeing so much anti-Semitism in this country, all over the world. People who come to my websites and leave comments. So much deep, deep anti-Semitism and it's going to grow. But the Bible said 
that in the last days, God was going to take a people, the Jewish people in 70 AD, the Romans came in, flattened Jerusalem, completely destroyed the temple, dispersed the people, the Jewish people to throughout the known world where they were dispersed for almost 2000 years. But the Bible said that God was going to take a people who had been their day or country had been wiped off the face of a map of the map for 2000, nearly 2000 years. God said he was going to come and make them a nation in a single day and restore them in the last days. And he would restore the city of Jerusalem to them in the last days. And just like the Bible said, such an event had never happened before in human history. A nation that had been out of existence for 2,000 years had never come back into existence, but the Bible said it would happen, and it happened. And, uh, and, and, uh, and so it's an amazing fulfillment of Bible prophecy, but the story is not over. There's actually more to the story, and I'm going to talk about it tomorrow morning. There's another incredible chapter to come of, of Bible prophecies that are absolutely mind-blowing, but we'll save that for tomorrow. But like I said, I'm seeing this rising anti-Semitism. Uh, it, it's throughout the world. In fact, I believe that today there's more anti-Semitism in the world today than there was in the 1930s and 40s under Adolf Hitler. Um, what I'm seeing today, you, we've got hundreds of millions of people out there that would love to wipe the nation of Israel off the map with a snap of their fingers if they could, throughout the Islamic world, the hate, the most hated nation on the face of the earth today is who? Everyone knows it's Israel. The most hated people in the world today is the Jewish people. And, you know, why is this happening? This nation of Israel is about the size of the state of New Jersey. There's only, what, six million, seven million now people living there. It, it, based on its size and the population, it should be relatively insignificant, and yet it's constantly at the center of world news and world events. And, the, and there's a far more hatred for that nation and that people than anyone else on the planet. Why is that happening? Well, the Bible said that it would happen in these last days. And you know what? My Bible is always true. My God is always right. And if you don't know that, look into it. You'll find out. And the anti-Semitism is going to get a lot worse. I'm going to give you a little preview right now. Israel is going to attack Iran. And when that happens, the anti-Semitism around the world, and my next point in America is going to go off the charts and people are going to go crazy and people are going to be so upset about our relationship with Israel. And there's going to be protests, there's going to be anger, and, and we, I see it growing. Every time I write an article about Israel, the Middle East, what's going on over there, my website, there's pro-Israel people, but it's flooded with anti-Israel, anti-Semitic people. In the alternative news industry, a lot of people who call themselves patriots, are very virulently, that's a big word, anti-Israel. And you know what? It's from the pit of hell, including the anti-Semitism in the church. There's entire denominations that are boycotting Israel. Entire denominations. They're supposed to be Christians. And it's a disgrace. And you know what? Are they going to be blessed or are they going to be cursed? Well, Genesis chapter 12, they're going to be cursed. Okay, where else do I stand? I stand with the remnant. How many people want to be part of the remnant of the last days? You know, whenever I bring it up, everyone says, yeah, I want to be right in the middle of what God is doing in these last days. And my wife and I pray it every day. Every day we pray together. By the way, if you're married, pray with your wife every day. It works wonders. All right, back to my point. Every day we pray and we pray, God, we want to be part of it. We want to be part of this great move of God that's coming. And I'll tell you, the greatest move of God in the history of the world, it's coming. 
the greatest harvest of souls is going to happen between right now and the return of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I want to be part of it. I pray, God, let me be part of it. It's coming. And so um, uh, we want to be part of this remnant of the last days. And so what does the Bible say about it? Well, the, the book of Revelation actually tells us something about it. It describes the remnant of the last days. It describes those people. Let's look in Revelation chapter 12, verse 17. And the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Revelation chapter 14, verse 12. We see it again, just a couple chapters later. Here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Okay, so commandments. So as Christians in America, we don't like to hear a lot about that because what do we want? We want to hear everything's okay. You know, in fact, a lot of churches in America today, they purposely will not use the word sin because they don't want to offend anyone. They want to keep the big crowds coming. They want to keep the offerings coming in. They want to keep selling books. They want to keep the ratings up for their television shows. So there are ministers, and you probably know their names. They will not use the word sin anymore because they don't want to offend people. Well, you know what? That's part of the reason why this country is so much into sin. And so what's the greatest commandment? Let's look at Matthew chapter 22. They asked Jesus, Master, what is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. So here's another quote from me. Let it rattle around in your mind for a while. And you say, you know what? That guy's right. Christian maturity is far more about how much you love than it is about how much you know. And if growing up, I was an information junkie. I still am. I love information. That's one of the reasons why I love the Prophecy Club. They have great information. And so I endeavored to get lots and lots of it. I thought the more I know, the further along the path I am, the, the better Christian I am. And so I got lots and lots of information, but my love was really small. So was I mature or not mature? I was not mature. In a lot of ways, my life was a mess, but I had all this information. And sometimes we fool ourselves. We fill ourselves. We go to conferences. We go to meetings. We read books. We get DVDs. We fill our heads with tons of knowledge, and we think we've made it somewhere. But do we love? You know, I'd much rather, uh, uh, instead of being known as someone who writes good articles or has a lot of information, or wow, Michael, you presented a lot of great information to us. I would much rather be known as someone who has great love. Every day my wife and I pray, God, make us people of great love. Because you know what? According to the scriptures, if we can get to that point, and I got a long way to go, if we can get to that point, then we'll really be getting somewhere. So how much do we love? Do we love God with everything that we have inside of us? So many Christians, they want to get into the little fine points. They want to get into the small things. They want to, you know, say, they want to specialize in the minor points. And yet, uh, uh, do they uh, focus on the main thing, which is loving the Lord our God with everything inside of us? And then do we love our brothers and sisters in Christ? You know, in the evangelical Christian world today, we love to fight. But who do we love to fight? We love to fight each other. We love to turn our guns at each other and start viciously going after each other. I see it with ministers and ministries. There are some ministries, that's about all they do. They find someone to target 
Bible-believing Christians. I'm not talking about going after false uh, uh, doctrines, false believers, the world or whatever. But there I see Bible-believing Christians, good Bible-believing Christians that I respect viciously going after other Bible-believing Christians that I respect. It's a disgrace Then I see it among believers all the time. If you're on Facebook, you know what I'm talking about. Christians going after Christians. And, and, and we see believers doing this so much and they spend so much of their time on this, but then how much time do they spend loving others? How much time do they spend trying to win the world for the gospel? And that's my next point. Do our hearts break for the billions of souls that are headed toward hell? Do we love them? Are we on our knees praying for them? Is it what we're passionate about? Reaching people for the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That should be right at the heart of what we're thinking of, what we're doing every single day. All right, so now that you know where I stand, let's get into this economic collapse. A great economic collapse is coming. I like this graphic because uh, it, it shows this guy's right on the verge of going over the cliff. We'll be right back after this message. The recordings discussed on the Prophecy Club are typically offered for a gift of $30 per disc or title, a double disc for 45 or a triple disc for 65 If there are a way that you could watch any one of our DVDs for 50 cents to a dollar, you probably want to know about it, right? Well, go visit WatchProphecyClub.com, where you can watch over 160 Prophecy Club titles for an introductory monthly recurring subscription of just $20 a month, or a yearly subscription for $200. The yearly $200 subscription is the best deal because it locks in your rate against increases in monthly subscriptions. That's WatchProphecyClub.com. You'll love the format. It's easy to watch, and the quality is great. WatchProphecyClub.com. WatchProphecyClub.com. Go check it out today. The extreme summer blowout is now in effect. You can get 50 DVDs for $250. That's $5 each. 25 for 160 That's $640 each. 15 for 120 That's 8 bucks each. 10 for 100 Obviously $10 each. 6 for 70 four for 50 and two for $30. You can go to prophecyclub.com. There's a list of all the DVDs there, or you can call us and ask for the summer catalog or download the catalog at prophecyclub.com. Flip through it, then decide which DVDs you want. That's 785-266-1112 and it expires soon. Call 785-266-1112 today. Some restrictions apply. And now back to the program. Let's get into this economic collapse. A great economic collapse is coming. I like this graphic because uh, it, it shows this guy's right on the verge of going over the cliff. And that's where I believe where we stand right now. I believe we're on the verge of the next great wave of the economic crisis. And I believe that once it comes, life in America is never going to be the same. So what I want to show you tonight, first of all, is kind of where we've been kind of the build-up to this. I want to show you some of the damage that's already been done. Because what we've seen, the economic collapse, it's already been happening. Now, it's been we've had our ups and downs and so forth, but uh, our underlying economic problems, they just continue to get worse. And each wave that comes, it gets even worse. Damage is done. It's kind of like if you're at the beach and you build a big sandcastle. The first wave that comes in, does it totally destroy your sandcastle? No. It does a tremendous amount of damage, but then the next wave comes, and the next wave comes, and then your castle's completely destroyed, similar to what we're going through. So what I want to show you, first of all, 
is that right now we're in a, we're a lot more vulnerable. We've been a lot more we're in a lot worse condition than we were just before the crisis of 2008 when we had that horrible time, things came apart. Well, right now we're in a lot worse condition. But so this first chart I want to show you is of the national debt. Just put, and if you look at that last gray bar to the right-hand side, that signals the time period of the last recession. Right before the beginning of the last recession, toward the end of Bush's final term, the U.S. national debt was sitting at about $9 trillion. Since that time period, is roughly doubled. Now we're over $18 trillion. So are we in better condition or are we in worse condition? We're in worse condition. And how large, you know, people throw around trillion dollars. How large is a trillion dollars? If you were alive when Jesus Christ was born and you took and you spent a million dollars every single day since then, you still would not have spent a trillion dollars by now. That's how much a trillion dollars is. And so what is the government doing? Of course, they're not trying to balance the budget. Obama's budget. Obama's budget projects that the national debt will rise from $18.1 trillion right now to $26.2 trillion in 2025. And that's with ridiculously optimistic projections. Obama's saying, yeah, we're going up to $26 trillion. And you know what? When they tell us this, when they project these things, it's always worse than what they tell us. Am I right or am I wrong? Okay. And so... We're borrowing all this money every year. They tell us deficits are under control. But if you look at the last fiscal year, from September to September, the September that just ended, the U.S. government debt went up by more than a trillion dollars. Now, the official deficit was lower than that because they take different things and they say, that doesn't count. That doesn't count as part of the deficit. That doesn't count. But if you look at the amount, the debt increase was more than a trillion dollars just in that one year. But that's not all the government borrows every year. The government not only has to borrow a trillion dollars to finance new spending, but there's all this old debt that comes due each year. Um, And then the government has to borrow new money to pay off those old debts. And what that is right now is $7 trillion a year. So they have to borrow $1 trillion to finance new debt that they're financing the spending but then there's $7 trillion that they have to borrow to keep the game going. I don't know if you've ever been in a position where you've got one credit card. It's due. You've got to use the other credit card to pay it. That's what we're doing. And so for the moment, the interest rates on government debt are extremely, extremely low. If that changes, we're going to be in a whole lot of trouble really quick. I love this quote by Thomas Jefferson, what we're doing to future generations. Thomas Jefferson once said that the principle of spending money to be paid by posterity under the name of funding is but swindling futurity, in other words, future generations, on a large scale. He correctly understood that government debt is stealing. We are financially enslaving our children, our grandchildren, and all future generations of Americans. It is an incredibly wicked thing to do. Thomas Jefferson, one of our founding fathers, said, don't do this. When you go into government debt, what you're doing, you're stealing money from future generations of Americans to make the present better, to make your lives better. And he said, it's a bad thing to do. We should have listened to him. And uh, if they get the chance, and unfortunately, America's on borrowed time, as I'm going to share with you. If future generations had the chance, they would look back at us and they would curse this generation for what we did to them. We are a wicked generation. What we've done to them is wicked. 
and we're wasting the money in some of the most bizarre ways imaginable. For example, the U.S. government recently spent $33,000 on a study to find out whether same-sex couples live closer to tobacco shops than heterosexuals. What in the world? Yeah. And you know what? On my website, I'm known for these lists. You may have noticed if you know my work, I make these lists. I've done articles where I've listed dozens of examples like just like this one. We're wasting the money. But it's not just not government debt, total debt. This next chart shows how our total debt has grown. So what this chart shows is government debt plus corporate business debt, individual debt, or the whole ball of wax of debt in our society. About 40 years ago, it was $2.5 trillion. Today, it's just below $60 trillion. It's the greatest debt binge, the greatest mountain of debt in the history of the world. We're the buy now, pay later society. We've got to have it. We don't think about the future. More debt, more debt. We've got to have more. We're never satisfied. We are the wealthiest. We are the richest nation in the history of the world. But that wasn't good enough for us, was it? We had to have more. And now we've done this. Okay, the velocity of money. When an economy is healthy, money tends to circulate pretty readily. I come and I buy something from you. Then you go and you buy something from someone else because people are feeling good. People are spending money. Everything's good. But when economic times are not so good, people kind of hold on to the money. They're, they're kind of scared, you know, or maybe they don't have enough money. You know, it's, it's not flowing really good. And so the velocity of money kind of is an indication of the health of the economy. And so if you look on the chart starting about the year 2000, it started to go downhill. And then we get to the recession of 2007, 2008. It really started plummeting, and that makes sense. We are in a recession. Velocity of money should be going down. But what's happened since then? It's continued to go down. We're told economic recovery, things are good. Velocity of money still going down. In fact, it's the lowest it's been on this chart, going all the way back to 1960. Very bad sign. Another bad sign, the home ownership rate in the United States. Traditionally, owning a home means what? You're part of the middle class. It's a sign that the middle class is doing good. You know, if people can buy homes, that's good. We want that. Well, we see on this chart, it was going up for a while, but then, you know, we get to 2004, 2005, it starts leveling off. Then we get toward the recession, it starts going down. And that makes sense. During a recession, it's going to be hard on the middle class. Less people are going to buy homes. But what's happened since then? It's kept going down kept going down and kept going down. Now it's the lowest it's been in about 20 years. Well, Obama says things are getting better. Maybe not. And then, you know, most people are in homes they can't even afford. According to a survey that was conducted last year, 52% of Americans cannot even afford the house that they're living in right now. That doesn't sound good. Sounds like most people are living on the edge. Sounds like when this next crisis comes, we're going to see the same thing we saw in the last one. When people, they were living on the edge, They lost their job, things went bad, all of a sudden they couldn't pay their mortgage and they lost their homes. We never learn. The employment rate, we're told employment recovery, people are back to work, right? All right, well, I'm going to tell you about the unemployment rate, Um, but first I want to show you this chart. It's a chart of the civilian employment population ratio. In other words, it's a measurement of the working age population, the percentage that actually has a job right now. And as you notice on this chart, uh, you know, it, 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 from the beginning of the turn of the millennium, it started going down. We had our ups and downs. And right before the beginning of the last recession, we were sitting about 63%. 63% of all working age Americans had a job. 
And then it started to fall dramatically during the recession from 63% all the way to below 59%. And it stayed there from the end of 2009 until just recently. Um, And then if you look at the end of the chart, it might be hard to see. You might need a magnifying glass, but that's the employment boom that Obama keeps talking about. It just barely peaked back above 59%. Now, compared to where we were before the last financial crisis, are we better or are we worse? We're a lot worse off. So a tremendous amount of damage has been done, um, and now the next crisis is rapidly approaching. So this is all pretty much all the recovery that we're going to get. Okay, so how do they get the unemployment rate to go down? Well, what they do, the government every month, they take hundreds of thousands of Americans that have been unemployed for a really long time, and they say, okay, you've been unemployed for so long, you don't count as part of the labor force anymore. So we're not going to count you anymore. And so that's why on this chart, you see the labor force participation rate is going down. In fact, it's about the lowest it's been in several decades now. But this happens month after month after month. um, And that's how the numbers get kind of monkeyed with. So if you add the number of Americans that are officially unemployed, which right now is 8.7 million, that when Obama says unemployed, that's who he's talking about, 8.7 million, to all of the working age Americans that are considered to be not in the labor force, that's 92.9 million. You get a grand total of 101.6 million Americans, working age Americans like you and me, that do not have a job right now. Does that sound like an economic recovery to you? Uh, I don't think so. The inactivity rate for men 25 to 54, prime working years. If you're a man, if you're between 25 and 54, well, that's when you're supposed to be, that's when you're supposed to be working. That's when you're supposed to be employed, supporting a family, having a job. And we see it's, it's gone up steadily over the years as our economic collapses kind of come, come along. And then we see the recession hits that last gray bar up there. It goes up, which makes sense because we're in a recession. People have a hard time getting jobs. But what's happened since then? It's kept going up. Men in their prime working years are sitting home. They're not part of the labor force. They're not working. It's hovering near record highs. That's not the sign of a healthy economy. We're killing small business. Prior to 2000, for each of the past six years, more businesses have closed in the United States than has opened. Is this unusual? Yes. Prior to 2008, this had never happened before in all of U.S. history. Not a single year. But since 2008, it's happened every single year. Thank you, Obama. Real median household income adjusted for inflation. Uh, are our incomes going up or are they going down? Well, if you look on this chart, it's been a pretty steady decline since the year 2000. At a time, it's getting harder to get jobs. The quality of our jobs is going down too. Our paychecks are getting smaller. Our incomes are going down. So that's not good news. And so that's why the middle class feels so squeezed. Our paychecks are shrinking. It's harder to get a job, yet the cost of living uh, it keeps going up. Next slide, the quality of our jobs. In America today, most Americans do not make enough to support a middle-class lifestyle on a single salary. Right now, only 44% of all U.S. adults are employed for 30 or more hours each week. Isn't that incredible? And now the following figures come directly from the Social Security Administration. You can look this up on their website. These are the latest figures for last year. 39% of all American workers make less than 
Well, I'm going to interrupt right there. Again, we encourage you to get both of these DVDs, Prepare for the Economic Collapse in World War III and The Regathering of the Ten Lost Tribes of Israel, both a value of $60. Today, you can get them for a gift of just $30. Order the DVD at prophecyclub.com. Watch it instantly at watchprophecyclub.com. Order the DVD at prophecyclub.com or watch it instantly at watchprophecyclub.com or order it by phone at 785-266-1112. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your prayers. And remember, it is summertime, a really challenging time. God has blessed you and you can help us. Now would be a really good time to do so. God bless. Now from the Prophecy Club, some exciting opportunities for you. The Extreme Summer Blowout is now in effect. You can get 50 DVDs for $250, that's $5 each, 25 for $160, that's $640 each, 15 for $120, that's $8 each, 10 for $100, obviously $10 each, 6 for $70, 4 for $50, and 2 for $30. You can go to prophecyclub.com, there's a list of all the DVDs there, or you can call us and ask for the summer catalog, or download the catalog at prophecyclub.com. Flip through it, then decide which DVDs you want. That's 785-266-1112, and it expires soon. Call 785-266-1112 today. Some restrictions apply.